Wednesday evening, night, wherever you are, whatever you want to call it. Welcome in to the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. How's it going? I am SE Scoops Managing Editor Zach Haydorn, and that is Tyler Sage. Tyler, man, happy Tuesday night. What's going on? Happy Tuesday. The uh, U.S. is up 3-0 on Ghana, friendly, internationally, soccer. So okay. very exciting. We're only 23 minutes in, so really looking good after our big loss to Germany on Saturday. 23 you minutes? Know, they scored three goals in 23 yeah, minutes? Yeah, they scored uh, two while me and you were talking before. Uh, before the <laughs> wow. So wow. I had to uh, – that's kind of why I might have seemed distracted in our pre-show meeting. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was very good. So, yeah, it's good stuff. So, um, yeah, good to be here. Good to talk some wrestling. Lots yeah, of man. lots of huge news, yeah, especially yeah. like it's funny. I mean, I, I don't want to destroy your agenda immediately, but, um, you know, we've been on the air as Vince McMahon has fallen a couple of times. And for him to kind of go peacefully into the night, as it seems right now, is very interesting. And that on top of other things going on, um, it's an interesting uh, situation in wrestling right now. So, yeah. It really is, man. I mean, the, the power like dynamics are so interesting. Like, I, I think that mm-hmm. they're just fascinating, especially in WWE, a little <laughs> bit less so in in AEW, just because it's kind mm-hmm. of a one man show and a bit of a, a bit of a circus at times. That's not to say that WWE is mm-hmm. not a circus either, but it's it's more. There's a little bit more palace uh, palace intrigue. So the we're gonna let's. Well, let's just let's just kick it off talking about that because I think it, that's interesting. Vince McMahon, no longer a part of creative, all but officially. I mean, yeah. you got the CEO of TKO Group, Endeavor Media guy Ari Emanuel, putting the foot down, saying, "You know what, Vince? You are the executive chairman of TKO Group. Whatever that is, that's the yeah. job I want you to do. Stay out of the weeds." And uh, in creative, and then after that, you heard a, co- a a collective breath of fresh air and sighs of relief all within the the WWE company. Um, I mean, it's the only call to make. I mean, I, I really yeah. like the only reason why Vince should still be in a creative position is if he just wants to be. Like that's the only reason that he should be there at this point. I mean, he's done it. For, and look, look, Vince McMahon is the, the the most successful wrestling promoter in the history of wrestling mm-hmm. bar none, but everybody has their time and they're like, and sometimes it's time to just, it's time to go. And there's been some really good stuff done under Vince McMahon. I mean, you had Hulk Hogan, you had Shawn Michaels, you had like the whole, uh, you know, the Austin rock thing and Austin McMahon. I mean, there's some really great and forever memorable storylines and characters and and good business done you know amidst you know a slew of other negatives and him personally and like you know for all accounts he's not a good guy of course we know this but Mm -hmm. regardless of all that sometimes it's good to ride off into the sunset you know like you can't be on your a game in a creative position for 40 years it's just not something that that you can be and it, it was time to hand off the reins and so i think you know the fact that it ended for him this way creatively like i think that's the only way it was going to end you know i think somebody above him in power that can throw their weight around more than he can <laughs> you know it puts an end to this and i think that's where we're at i think the company's better for it and and that's that. Yeah, it is the first time I've not been pessimistic, Tyler, who, you know, not yes. to like toot my own horn of like, hey, he's like a zombie. He's coming back from the dead over and over again. It's kind of <laughs> been the Vince. My my take on Vince and, and where he is, this is the first time I felt pretty secure in that, you know, like you said, he's not fully in control. He, yeah. you know, Vince, Vince screwed Vince, I think, is, is the, the takeaway here that, you know, he got that big deal. As far as I know, you know, I'm not Brandon Thurston. Who's a great follow if you guys do not follow him. But I, you know, my understanding is Vince does not have that, you know, over 50% of the class A stock that can kind of throw his weight around and do whatever he wants under the WWE ticker. Um, now it's under TKO. He, yeah, got a big payday personally when that merged yes. and his stocks got purchased, but he does not have that same weight. And he was probably sold a bill of goods that he maybe 
didn't trust somebody or he shouldn't he's probably upset with the wisdom he got from a uh you know if i had to guess speculation a nick Khan type that feels like he was the snake in the grass more for that that triple h stephanie uh delegation if i had to guess again i don't know for sure but i'm sure vince would uh will certainly when he's on um when no chance plays on uh collision in a couple weeks (laughs) come out come out and call ricky starks a a, a vanilla something and then uh and then and then get in a feud with sting and then tell us how he's feeling so yeah (laughs) man okay so so there's a lot there sorry i'm all i'm pushing you all over the place on this no i no i mean (laughs) Uh, I love it. That, that's how we roll. That's the whole point of the show. And, and let yeah. me just take care of the props here. This is the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time, we are here live every single Tuesday night, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, talking about wrestling exactly like this. The news of the week, the big news of the week, um, the big shows of the week, back and forth. Uh, we've got our chat running hot right now with Sean and with Zach in there and others. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in live. If you're not able to tune in live every Tuesday night here on YouTube, we do release the show as a podcast. And you can get that uh, by subscribing to the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast wherever you get your podcast. It usually hits late on Tuesday night. So it's there for you um, on uh, come Wednesday morning. Our super chats are wide open for you guys. Uh, so please um, support the show, contribute what you can. Um, we will make sure to read all super chats and take all super chat questions live on the air during the show, bar none. Um, so if we're here till 1 a.m., we are. And I'd like nothing more than that. So, um, yeah, it's a lot to talk about. So we do appreciate the support. Um, you can also check out uh, my and Tyler's work on our little side project called Brass Ring Media. We, uh, uh, that's about almost two months old here, and it's a little little wrestling world, our own little shop uh, that you can subscribe to, patreon.com backslash Media. We've got exclusive columns there from both of us, exclusive podcasts there from both of us, um, and a host of other cool stuff, including a wonderful Discord channel, uh, an environment and world where we just shoot the breeze and talk wrestling. So um, thank you for that. Let's get to some... Well, let me first let me first take on uh, see the super chats coming in. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Sean. We'll get to those in a minute. Um, but the the comment that you made about like you know <laughs> I don't even know which one. Can't, I went. I well, kind of scorched earth there on that one. The one, well, just 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 like the, the 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 business aspect or like the family aspect mm-hmm. of the business where mm-hmm. it's. Cause you know, you know, Ari Emanuel didn't go in there and, you know, like, like not talk to anybody about who should be running that yeah. part of the company, right? And the thing yeah. is, it's like if you talk to Triple H, you talk to Paul Levesque. I mean, what's he gonna say? He's not gonna be like, oh yeah, you know what? Like, I'm really, it's not the job for me. Like, that's not what mm-hmm. he's gonna say. Nick Khan, I think, is a smart businessman. And he's also freaking ruthless and is yeah. just going to do whatever it takes to make sure, you know, that he uh, has control and power. And how does he have the most of that in WWE? Well, it's with Vince not around. So, you know, Ari comes to him and it's like, oh, yeah, Vince, they probably don't probably don't need that guy. And if you go a lower level than that, if you just go like a rung down on the WWE corporate ladder, I'm sure they couldn't line up fast enough to 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 kind of tell the real story about Vince McMahon. And mm-hmm. um so it's just so funny to me that like even like you know you always somebody always has a boss, right? Always. And you know, in this case, and Vince hadn't for so long, just unchecked power. Mm-hmm. And he cashes in here, he makes a boatload of dough, but then you know, he kind of just gets I don't want to say stabbed in the back, but like told a lot of like, oh yeah, well, we really need Vince. We need him. It's imperative that we have him here. You know, just you tell them that just long enough to have him sign on the dotted line. And then yep. I mean it's been what a month <laughs> since yeah, not, not even, I don't think it. Yeah, maybe. yeah, not yeah. even. And <clears throat> he's you know, he's out of that out of that job. And I think yep. it's um, you know, that's just part of the ruthlessness of just business in general. Like, and I don't think you know, you read about Ari Emanuel. There's a really great, um, I point everybody to a great piece by the Hollywood Reporter on Ari Emanuel and some of the um, some of the relationships and feuds he has still in 
like the, the Hollywood entertainment industry. Yeah. And the guy is just, he's, he's ruthless. I mean, he's just, he's absolutely ruthless. So it's like, you learn a little bit about him and it's no surprise that, that this is the, that, that he played his cards the way they did. Vince yeah. fell for it essentially. And now, you know, he is where he is, but you and I said it all along, man. Like, you know, Vince playing in up here with these mm-hmm. guys, like different ball game. I always thought that. And I think you did too. Yeah. And you, you learn real quick how that can, how that can work out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in our, in Ari and, you know, Nick Khan to me has always been like a little mini Ari Emanuel. Like that's yes. like kind of what he's gone for. Right. Cause like, Wanna am, be, I, yep. am I incorrect that uh, Entourage is based on, Ari is like the Jeremy Piven character, right? Correct. So, correct. so if anyone's ever seen that, I think that tells you a lot about a lot. So, um, yeah, right. But yes. yeah, and like also, like not to be taken, I know you're going to get to the super chat, so this kind of ties into that too. But like, you know, in any normal business, if let's say, like, I don't know, the CEO of Walgreens, right? Let's say Walgreens and CVS merge together in one super drugstore company, right? Let's say the CEO of Walgreens. Is potentially under investigation for for you know for felonies based on you know misuse of company money. That'd probably be a pretty big deal, and they probably would not have to have much power in that newly formed uh, company if they fuse yes. together. So, not like the craziest thing in the world for someone who is not you know one of us who's like, oh, well, this is untouchable in this space. You know, uh, it comes for us all. In your comparison of like a seventy-year-old man to like you know we always have to bring it back to sports. Um, you know, kind of reminds me of like a Bill Belichick this season is kind of like in Vince mode where, you know, it just kind of, it comes at you yeah. fast and you're washed. And uh, I think that kind of happened to Vince and, and Belichick this year as well. So comes at, It comes at you fast. And like, and again, like, it's like a normal, like, you know, I think like, you know, Vince, this is what he has. And so it's like, I think a normal 70 year old or whatever, however old he is, loses his job and is what it is and and like you know you could you could enjoy the fruits of the nine billion dollars that you've made or whatever it was mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter after that because you just do what you want to do and live your life and do your thing <clears throat> be grandpa and whatever um but vince is vince he's not gonna be able to he's not gonna be able to do that i'm sure he's no. kicking and screaming right freaking right damn now trying to figure out how in the hell to uh to get back, to get back, and I think, yeah, the company's better. Maybe, off, obviously. maybe he'll buy AEW, right? The joke of like Tony Khan buying WWE is like one of the potential buyers. Maybe Vince will come in with all his money and buy AEW and get Tony Khan out of the business. So we'll see. I doubt that. That's a joke, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, I let let's go to a super chat here, and I'm all, and I'm gonna yep. like I'm gonna bring it up, but I don't know the full context, so. Um, Zach, thank you for the contribution. And if you can give some context in the chat, I'll read it. Uh, we certainly appreciate the support. But Zach says here, uh, okay, so Ari made a good decision. But can we bury him now, Tony Khan style, for his massive hypocrisy? Uh, Tyler, do you know what he means by massive hypocrisy? Because I'm I'm losing you there, Zach. I don't know exactly. I hope Zach can elaborate a little bit. I would just say, like, by default. I would, uh, you know, Vince, Tony Khan, Ari Emanuel, you know, whoever, right? Let's just take some random CEOs. Tim, uh, oh my God, what's his real name? I always call him Tim Apple after that's what Trump called Tim him. Tim Cook. The guy, Cook. Tim Cook, yes. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk, whatever, right? Like, I'm not going to be able like, to say that guy's name without calling him Tim Apple ever yeah, again. So sorry for, that for you too, because that was like the funny. That was like the yeah. Anyway, don't even get into politics here, but that was humorous <laughs> to me. But um, I would not, and I think it's kind of. I don't know if this Zach has a specific thing, but having any sort of CEO leader of a company kind of be your guiding north star of like what's right. I think is always kind of a the wrong take. I'm not saying that Zach's take up. I think he's the opposite of that, but I think it's um, that. And I'm sure Ari has done some questionable things. Maybe he's more Vince like, and we just don't know about it off the top of our heads here. But uh, yeah, I, I think I assume it's something like that. Ari did something wrong in the past or is alleged to have been done something wrong. Vince, obviously we know the history there. So I think it's something in that category, but you know, I think Zach just wants us to tear down WWE like we do. Um, 
uh, WWE. So, oh, here well, we I go. mean, there's no, I, 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 look, if you listen to the show, you know, when it's time to tear something down, <clears throat> we, we do. Um, yeah. And, and the, okay, and so we've got Zach kind of explaining what he's what he's mentioning yeah. here. Thank you, Zach. So Ari cast aspersions about CAA for a woman who allegedly who allegedly set her up to be victimized by Weinstein when he's employing Vincent Dana. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I heard that story as well. Thank you, Zach. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, I'm trying to think about how I feel about this. So my my my, my general thought here is. That chastising Tony Khan for like those tweets or something like we did, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of on like a different, at least to me, that's like a different level of chastising. Like it's not in good fun, but it's also not criminal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's like not on the same level. And so I'm not gonna sit here and like chastise Ari Emanuel that in in that way. Clearly, clearly. All of those guys are 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 hypocrites of the of the highest order. Mm-hmm. And you could probably come up with you know 12, 15, 20 ways as to why they are. For, they're all gonna take Saudi Arabia money for one thing, and they're also mm-hmm. all gonna celebrate, you know, 9-11 and honor 9-11, you know, like like that in and of itself is is very hypocritical if you're gonna go do business with Saudi Arabia. Like, so I to me, like those criticisms, Zach, are, are are a little bit different because I just one of them is just ragging on a guy, you know, from a wrestling perspective, being like, yo, cool it, man. Cool it from a booking perspective. The other one is like high level hypocrisy at the highest order. And of course that, you know, it should be called out for that. Dana White should be called out for that. But, you know, but obviously, you know. All we can do is call them out, which we have on this show many times. Vince, Dana, Ari. What else? What else? What else? What else? I just I don't know what else we can do except 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 call it out. It's it's awful and clearly like you know, Ari's ruthless and he's gonna keep those guys employed for the for the sake of his business. And as soon as it's not good for his business, he'll kick them to the curb without question, like he did Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you're saying as well is, you know, like, let's say us talking about Tony Khan and all his tweets for like an entire episode of a show. Right. I think that comes out of a place, at least for me, of like, you know, someone like an Ari, a Vince, a Dana, like I've written those off as human beings, like from a, that I want to like think are good people like that. There's probably nothing they could ever do to make me think that again. Yes. Tony's not done that to me. Right. Like Tony has done something that is like, a problem for just someone stupid. who's a leader yeah. of a company yeah but like it's it's correctable so you and i spend time on it because like we are passionate about aew not becoming a joke product and just only having 20 more years of wwe being the only game in town like none of us want that right so it's kind of that combination yeah. there and it's like the, you know the art versus the artist and this is like if you had if tony khan was tony khan during dynamite and then he was dana white off stage right that's like a you know it's, it's an apples to apples thing but you know like if you're doing a critique of a johnny depp movie right there's a lot of baggage there on and off the screen so does that blend in yes but you know tony doesn't have that sort of stuff in his background as far as we know right yeah. so he has not lost credibility with me in that capacity like the other people have so i guess it's more of that like for for baseline ari all these guys are forever hypocrites no matter what they do so that's why it's not it's not fun to yeah go ahead good i was gonna say let's call a spade a spade too i mean we you know when vince was going through what he was going last summer we talked about it on the show a lot and dragged him through the mud like he should have been a lot on on this show um you know so i i I think that we are fair fair with our burying I think we we lay it where it deserves to be laid. And like, look, I think for Ari, like, you know, he, he hasn't had any of that type of stuff come out yet. And if it does, we'll be on it, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's how it should be. But like, you know, look, you, you could take this down so many different paths. I mean, Tony Khan has employed some questionable talent, you know, in his, in, in his tenure. So it's like, you could, you could take it a long way. You got to look at each situation on its own. 
And I think, you know, we do a good job of that. And uh, hopefully everybody listening agrees and why they keep coming back. Um, and we'll continue to do that. Um, real quick here from Sean. Sean, we appreciate you. Become a Brass Ring Media patron! Explanation point, exclamation point. It's a blast. It is a blast. Sean is one of our uh, one of our first patrons um, that we uh, got in the first couple of days since we launched. Yep. And he's active on our Discord and uh, is really supportive of everything. So, Sean, uh, I, I would, hat tip to you, my friend. I would call him an oof, just like Zach is. You know, day yes. one-ish. So, day um, one. Yep. <laughs> I love it. The shirts are in the mail, fellas. The shirts yeah. are in the mail. Um, another thing from Zach here. I mentioned this in the Discord, but I think the Jade rollout has been the wrong strategy. Her first time in front of a live crowd should be the first time a crowd sees her and not this drip, 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 drip. Um, good. This is a good uh, sidebar. It's almost like Zach has like our show notes here. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Tyler, what do you think? I'll let you have at it first because I think it's an interest. I mean, it's clearly another strategy to go down if you're going to introduce a talent. But curious as to what you think now that you know she's been around and been on TV on on every mm-hmm. on every WWE show, including a pay per view. Yeah, I think it's you know we talked about it maybe here, maybe on Brass Ring that this is to me the modern version of the vignette, you know, showering that we saw that we've seen with lots of talents, and in the past. Um, that has not worked for really any talent when you show, you know, let's say Mansoor or Emelina or, uh, you know, people like that. And obviously Jade, I think is in a higher capacity just from a initial bookie standpoint with all the meta stuff going around, right? She's a big star from the other company coming in, um, showing her like this is different than showing vignettes. Right. So I think the jury's out. I probably tend to agree more with Zach, but you know, until we see her in her first, scheduled match and how the crowd reacts i think it's going to be a positive notion but i think for the most part most talents would not successfully be um shown in this capacity so i think jade is above that and she's she's just so physically impressive and it feels like a big star that it's going to work but i don't think it's a strategy you can do for many other people besides her so probably don't agree with zach on jade but i agree with him on literally almost anyone else with this this model of Telling them. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I mean, I, I disagree specifically here with Jade, Zach, just because I think WWE doesn't doesn't roll out t- talent, new talent this this way very often, almost never. And I don't know that I can really think of one ever. I mean, even Cody Rhodes didn't get this type of treatment. Um, so I like this. It's a risk. It's risky. You know, I mean, when you put somebody out there with this much fanfare and with this much um, in in this kind of really bright lights and focus and attention, um, there's expectations there. You know, you're 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 purposefully creating expectations. And so that's always a risk, you know, because you don't know. Jade is not like a made commodity at this point. She is a talent with all the potential in the world, but needs to deliver. And if she doesn't, like, then this whole strategy just, you know, just completely, you know, falls away and crumbles. And, and you look back and you go, what what the heck were we thinking? Um, but I think for the right person, it's worth a shot, you know. And sometimes, like, you, as I always say, sometimes you have to just decide we're going to frame this person as a star and frame them that way and do it and go. Like, that's part of it's part of part wrestling, you know, you can, you pick the stars. That's it. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, like Dana White does about how this boring fighter is a really good fighter, but she's he or she has no personality. Like in, in wrestling, you don't have to worry about that. You pick who you want and you push them. And sometimes you just have to do that. So I like that. This is how it's going for Jade. I'm curious as to see how it's going to play out. Um, It's not for everybody though. You can't debut everybody this way. If Ricky Starks comes over, you got to think of something different for him. It can't be the same treatment, um, same treatment everywhere. But we'll see. I mean, we'll know in 18 months whether or not this worked well or not. But, I mean, look, when, when Jade wrestles her first match on TV, like, that's going to do a number, I think. Like, they're, that's going to that's gonna get a number. Go ahead. I, we'll know in 18 I just made the joke because that would make her match. Uh, Tyler, you are clicking – 
there's a clicking and there's also like you going in and out so you're like click 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 it's like you're talking to us in morse code is what it is like oh still it's even worse now whatever you did undo 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 oh it's just me on two screens um so no as i was saying as tyler gets his uh his situation same same Tyler's going, I think he's going bye-bye. He's going bye-bye. Um, as I had mentioned, and I'm going to do the, the side screen here, I think, like, Jade, because of the way she's been propped up, you know, she's going to draw a number. Like, they're 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 working to use her as, like, a business, uh, a metric for business. Like, hey, we've seen this person over and over and over. She hasn't picked her show yet, and now she will pick the show, and she will pick um, – you know, which brand she's going to be on. And when she wrestles on that brand, it's going to be, it's going to be a thing. You're going to want to, you're going to want to see that, or at least that's the idea. So I, you know, I think it, we'll have to see, we'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to see, you know, um, I think you'll have to see like where, how she does first and foremost, like that's the main thing. Tyler, you're back. I'm on AirPods now instead of my other mic. You sound, how is you sound, that? You sound glorious. Sound okay, glorious. cool. That voice is back. Yeah, minus all my coughing in the background because I have nothing but dust in my house. But we're almost there. We're almost there. I'll be almost. back in the studio soon. Good. Yeah, Good. we're we're almost painting, so it's a standing. Ooh, lucky, mode, you. So it's, yeah. <laughs> lucky you. Yeah, painting a ceiling, nothing better. All right, sorry. So, Jay. No, I was, I was just saying. I think um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Um, mm -hmm. I want to go to Sean's super chat. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate the contribution for sure. Sean is battling back in the super chats. I love Zach, but I completely disagree. I think that WWE is treating Jade like an absolute star. She's coming up against other big stars. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. The the risk there is she, you know, she's got to deliver. You know, she has to be worthy of this spot and this attention when she gets put in that situation and when she actually has a match or when she actually has to cut a promo and that. That will be what we. That will be really what um, kind of determines whether or not this has worked or not. Is who can who can deliver and make good on it. Um, Zach also jumping back in and saying, "I think AEW has the better strategy of debuting people as a surprise in front of the live crowd with a big pop, and then it's off to the races." Those to me, Tyler, have their moments. Like there's a time and a place. I think the Edge thing was well done because you know who edge is like mm -hmm. so you're gonna get a pop for edge and so i think you can do that with him i think you can do that with you know i don't know like just name extra john moxley being a surprise and, and coming in i think that I think that works mm -hmm. the, the the flip side of that is you don't get to promote them so you don't get to drive any interest and and use that person to get any more eyes that's the that's a negative but mm -hmm. also you know jade cargill is a, is a, in a different category like she's not well known in front of the, the the wwe audience so she appears yeah it's a surprise but nobody knows who the heck she is and so i think mm -hmm it's a totally different conversation than like than edge and Moxley and, and those guys. So I, you know, there is, I think um, there is value in debuting people as a surprise, but I don't, I don't think it necessarily works for everyone. And I would argue that AEW probably leans on that a little too much. Yeah. I think you nailed it with the, just where they are, right? Like edge, Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, you know, all these the Moxley, all these people are well established in the wrestling world. And if you're WWE, I think rightfully so, you're are not assuming that everybody that watches Raw, NXT, and SmackDown is aware of who Jade Cargill is, right? Because only 800,000 people or, you know, 400,000 people, depending on the week up for a collision episode, are watching. And you're doing, you know, four, five, six X that audience. So you have to present her as a big star but not assume everyone knows her or else she's going to fall flat on her face. So I, yeah. I think that's where I would go with her for sure. Yep, exactly. and Cody was with the company before, well-known, well-built, et cetera. So you can debut him at a WrestleMania and you have all the smart fans that are there that know what's up. So they can give that big pop for the general audience who's going to come to the show at Oklahoma City or Columbus, Ohio or Corpus Christi, something like that. So. I... 
Yes, I think that that's 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 spot on. And let's get to another super chat from Zach here. Mm-hmm. It leads to my other point. <clears throat> what defines a star? This is going to be an interesting debate. For me, my formula is presentation plus body of work plus in-ring ability. Jade has one and a half of those because WWE will never acknowledge her body of work. So, Tyler, take this in two two chunks. What defines mm-hmm. a star to you? And then, you know, what's the formula to get there? And like, where is Jade on in that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna like it. I don't think Zach's gonna like it. But you know, the famous Supreme Court ruling on um, pornography, right? Where the I forget who the Supreme Court justice that made the decision. It was in the '90s that had the uh, majority decision. Said, you know, I know it when I see it, right? It's something that how they defined uh, how how to describe that that you know what is pornography, right? And I think with the star. It's the same sort of way, right? Like, you know it when you see it. Sometimes it's tangible. Sometimes it is a formula that Zach is laying out. There's tons of stars that are that capacity. I'd say a Kenny Omega kind of fits that formula, right? The presentation, he looks different than everybody. His body, you know, he's got a, a great body. And then body of work, he's been a multiple time world champion in other companies and his in-ring ability is unquestioned, right? So that's a good star for that reason. But, you know, let's say a Swerve Strickland, if we're going to keep into AEW, Right, he doesn't really have a body of work really in any company majorly, right? Where he's been the the top guy. Mm-hmm. He does have the presentation of him is good that he does, and his in ring ability is unquestioned. But he just has it, you know, even more so than like a Ricky Starks or a Miro or someone in that capacity, that kind of that middling character more than Hangman. And you know, I think Jay just has it, especially for WWE, right? She feels like somebody who can show up to, I don't know, she can be courtside at a Lakers game, and she's so different looking she could probably be on hanging out with Shaq at courtside at that game right and it would fit and it's like you know I don't think Becky's doing that Becky's like a star for us but like she, Jade feels like someone who's a star in and out of wrestling so it's, it's you know I, I don't think for her it's going to be a big issue that she's going to be a just totally fine wrestler and her presentation she's going to be written for and if someone gets her voice correctly in that writing I think it's going to pop for her and saying instead of you know going you know cut the shit for, for, for basically all her promos. So, you know, it's one of those things. So I think it really is, is a case-by-case basis, right? If you're doing straight up a wrestler, like I would probably look at Kyle Fletcher with Zach's formula. Can't he be a star based on that formula? Potentially. But like a Jade Cargill, uh, you know, a Swerve, who else, who, who else is like an up-and-comer in WWE, let's say. Not many. Well, like, <laughs> Carmelo. I mean, I think, Carm- yeah, Carmelo, I think it, like... Yeah, you know, the up the WWE is it was very yeah weird. they don't really have yeah. them yeah because they okay yeah, see, I'm trying to think like WWE. you know like uh, does Danny Garcia have that mm, more than Sammy like who's does Nick Wayne have that not right now right there's just like a hard thing to be like they're definitely going to be a star if it works out right does Jay White he's probably more of Zach's formula right so I think more often than not Zach has the right formula here and. If you apply that to someone who you're trying to push as a star, you know, does Hangman have that? I don't really think so, right? I don't think he's a full star because he doesn't hit all these quote, quote, you know, these these quantifications. So I don't know. What do you think, Zach? I, I've been talking a lot on this subject. No, it, it's a really interesting question, Zach. So I think it, and it's fascinating because everybody can have like a different, different take on it. So I, I think it's, the, I think very much so it's this formula, especially for professional wrestling. Like presentation mm-hmm. is important is imperative. I mean, you, you, you can't be a big star if you're wrestling at the bottom of the card and losing, but just, mm-hmm. just can't happen. You could have, you could love wrestling all you want, but you, you, you if the promotion is not get behind you and present you like a big star, you're not, not going to have it. I mean, that, that seems obvious, you know, mm-hmm. body of the work, body of work is less important, but I still think it's there, especially in 2023. Like, I think you have to have, you know, there, there has to be something from like, I've done this perspective that, that, that people remember and that people remember you for, um, and you gotta be able to work matches. I mean, that's just obvious. It's 2023. You can't wrestle matches like Hulk Hogan in 2023. Can't happen. So you have to be able to work a little bit, but the overarching thing here that I think like has to be a part of all of this. So it's like, you gotta Mm -hmm. like put this, put formula, but the formula is like presentation plus body of work 
plus in-ring ability in parentheses times what I'm about to say, which is I think you have to have some kind of innate ability to connect with the audience. Like to me, that more than anything is like star level stuff. I mean, when I look at like the potential, like, like the up and coming stars that are in the industry right now, like Jay White, for example, it doesn't matter what Jay White does. He, but people are interested in what he, in, in him. Like yep. he just, you're attracted to him when he's out there. Like not from like a looks perspective, but like, or maybe from a looks perspective, but from a, you just can't take your eyes off that guy. Orange Cassidy is the same way for, mm-hmm. for me. Like there's something about that guy that, he makes people care a lot about what he's doing. I think Gunther, and we have a super chat we're going to get to in a minute. Like mm-hmm. he's a guy that I think when he's in the ring, you're watching him. Like your eyes are on him. And it's not some, and it's a lot to your point of like that quality, that star making quality can be different things for different, for different stars. Like with, mm-hmm. Gun- with Gunther, it's all about, you know, intensity and dominance and physicality. With Daniel Bryan uh, in 2014, it was all about, you know, sympathy and the underdog. And it was just, he connected differently. I think Orange Cassidy connects differently. But to me, it's this formula that you've outlined. And it's also that innate thing. And I think that innate thing can overcompensate for a lack of presentation sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's why Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan is able to get to the next level. You know, when he's got a little bit of a push from the company, but not a big one. It's why mm-hmm. um, and it's why Jade Cargill, I think, is going to be OK with good presentation and the ability to work good matches without having to talk about her body work. Because she has like that innate thing that will take her to the next level. But I, I think mm-hmm. that ability to connect is like is really important and it's different for everybody. And I think that's what makes stars in any industry like fun to watch like i'm fascinated right now like you know the taylor swift stuff gets you know it's it's crazy like just the fever around her but i mean that woman is just like just oozes star power like wherever wherever she goes she's likable she's talented but she also has this thing about her that you just want to know what the hell she's doing and what she's got going on for better or for worse so that that'd be my take. I mean, I mean, when you hear that, am I off base? I mean, would you do you push back at any of that? No, I mean, just for me personally, obviously not for for the Taylor Swift thing. But you're obviously correct from the general, you know, every everything she's doing is, uh, you know, being eaten up by every sort of pop culture news site. Period. So same yeah. sort of thing, right? Because really, like, what is there? I mean, she's a talented songwriter, whatever. But there's like, it's hard to quantify like why, like so many women in their thirties basically worship her like a deity. Um, so, you know, that's just one, you know, well, well, and like there's good songwriters out there too, but they're not all yeah. on her level. Like, yeah. you know, so like one of the things that's like hard to quantify and body of work. Right. So, you know, tons of albums and everything, but growing up with somebody too, when you're a similar age and you've been following them their whole career and then they kind of get to that next level sort of thing, you know, the, the leveling up thing, it, it's, it's, it's there. And, you know, to come back to Jade, right? Like if you're the general WWE audience, you don't have that yet with her. So they're trying to build that. They're trying to make up for basically five years of lost Jade time in their mind where she should have been, you know, on NXT uh, taking on Shayna Baszler. I think ideally if you're, if you're Paul Levesque. So they're trying to make up for that right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, Sean, I I got your super chat on Gunther. We're going to get to that in, in a second. Um, and, and Jay White, I want to talk about that. Well, let's get to the Jay White one right now because we brought him mm-hmm. up. Sean, Jay White hasn't been portrayed as a star until recently. I mean, and he might not even win the title. Who has he beaten? They have hurt Jay more than helped. This, this is a great example of what I'm talking about in terms of like that innate star quality, like overcompensating for bad something else somewhere else. In this case, booking. Like Jay White has been wrestling in the middle of the card for most of his run mm-hmm. pretty much just plopped on TV with no hype or no anything and carrying, you know, a bunch of losers in terms of like, you know, the gun guns and, uh, and, uh, and, and, um, uh, yeah, juice, 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 and, you know, and card blade. 
I don't think Cardblade's really good. And Cardblade. And that's not a negative on them, but I mean, Jade's or Jay's carrying those guys. And, mm-hmm. and, but it doesn't matter. You still can pl- drop him into a world title situation when you need to. And he's, and he's, he's credible there. So, yeah, I mean, I think Sean, you're right. Like he has been portrayed as a star until recently and he might not win the title, but he's a big enough star and that I don't think it will matter in the end because of who he is like him being a star, you know, makes that other stuff less important. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we're like six weeks ahead, but I ser- I think he's winning the title right now. Yes, that, I do too. That, that, that flag in the sand. And we'll talk about that in future weeks, but um, you know, it's the sa- same thing. Like Tony Khan, right. Thinks everyone watches everything. Thinks everyone knows everything. Tony Khan has booked Jay White in a way where he has not taken a single pin He's been super protected. Even when his team loses to FDR in a almost an hour long match, he is dominant the entire time. He does not even sniff getting defeated by either of them taking multiple finishers, um, you know, tandem finishers and kicking out. So, you know, for someone that like everyone here that, that watches a lot of wrestling and basically all of us are the same level of fan on, uh, uh, on uh, of wrestling like Tony Khan, like that's how we would book someone we had plans for six months on the line. Maybe not in the same way you and I, Zach, but he has been protected in his own way. Um, so I, th- I think he has been pr- treated like a star for the way TK books, but I don't think it's been the right presentation and why, you know, when me and you were, when JY was a free agent, we thought he was, his best bet was to go to WWE. And I think even now, so with what we talked about at the top of the show, you know, I think Jay White's doing just fine. But can you imagine him and Seth Rollins at, you know, Survivor right. Series for that title? Like, I think that's where he'd be right now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, and it's just an interesting conversation. This really yeah. is. Zach, again, Owen Hart didn't win tons of big matches. His biggest win was against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. He was still a star. It's not just about W's. And so I think this is, this is, this is going to put us down a whole new path. On this. <laughs> kind of yeah. throwing out the, throwing out the run sheet here. Thanks to this, this, uh, this, this good conversation, this good back and forth. But I, so Owen Hart, like, so we talked about what, what is a star, but yeah. also I think you have to also talk about like who and what, like, what does being a star mean? And mm-hmm. Owen Hart was a great wrestler. No question. Mm-hmm. And he was a star from the perspective of he was, just a really good wrestler and he wrestled really good opponents and he had really good matches and he was somebody that the company could lean on and he was a WWE superstar. But I mean, Owen Hart was not a, you know, was not a top draw for, for, for WWE in the way that, you know, WWE hopes Jay Cargill will be like, mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's like a diff, like that's like a different, you know, type of star. I mean, he's a, he's talented and a great wrestler, uh, you know, by all accounts, just a wonderful person, but I, I don't put him in the same, I don't even put him in the same tier as Bret Hart, you know, cause Bret Hart had his time on the top. Like people paid their money to go to see him at the top of the card and Owen, you know, just, he had never, he had not gotten to that, to that spot yet. Um, so I see stars differently in that Owen, good wrestler, mm-hmm. top star, not, not so much. I mean, I think that the, like the tip top stars of this business, like are the ones that you're putting butts in seats are the ones that are selling tickets that are drawing ratings. Um, and they're stars because there's not a lot of them. And, and so I, I, I just classify, you know, when I say star, I mean something different than just, you know, a good guy on my, my television every week. That's just yeah. me. And like, what's the, I mean, I agree with you on what you're saying there in like my modern comp, without this being, you know, something I could think about for more than 90 seconds while you're talking <laughs> is like Sami Zayn is kind of like the Owen Hart yes, comp right. for modern times, right? Where like everyone loves Sammy. If he, something horrible happened tragically, like he'd be a legend and not like, I think Owen would have been a legend anyway. Like can you imagine him in ROH in like 2002, like he totally oh, would have been there. It would have yes. been awesome. Like he probably been the first ring of honor champion. It would have been like that legend of the Indies. And then, have done something cool, come back to WWE, you know, all that stuff. It would have been awesome. So I don't think it's because of that. So, but I think Sammy's in the similar boat. Like if he became, if he, you know, 
he, we see him now on a singles journey starting last night. If, if he wins the, the title, like that's going to be a huge moment. And um, just like it would have been for, for Owen. So I think, you know, that that's different. Like for me and you, like people like Sammy, like um, Owen and, and that time or like what keeps people like me at least. You got, I like have one of two or those guys or, or girls at, the, at like wrestling while I'm, you know, talking about the big stuff, talking about the Kennys, the Jay Whites, the, the Romans, all that stuff. But like you kind of want that underdog that you love to get that one opportunity, that one chance to hold that title. I think that's one of the main reasons I love wrestling is cheering for that actual underdog that gets that shouldn't ever be champion really. And they do get it. So. Yeah. I mean, well, that's part of the fun. I mean, part of the fun is, I mean, the, the great part about pro wrestling is that, you know, if like in a lot of ways, I think when triple H, you know, when he says, you know, all you gotta do is get over with the fans. It's like, I roll my eyes at that all the time because I'm like, that's yeah. so not true. <laughs> but in some rare instances, it is true. And like you, you get them and you can be fine and yeah. not everybody can do it. Most people can't do it without some kind of machine behind them. Um, but some can, and you know, it's, it's fun when, when that, when, when that, when, when that, when that comes to fruition. But I think like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, like I see on Twitter all the time, like, you know, posts, like, I think the other day, like I saw something like, Oh, you know, who, who doesn't get enough credit for being like the star that they were like Vladimir Kozlov. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. wait a minute. He's back on impact. Right. So, well, yeah, he's back on impact, but I'm like, hold on. Like there's a difference in like you just liking this person and, and, and him being a star that hasn't gotten his yeah. flowers yet. Like there's a difference there. And I'm not saying Kozlov is on the same level as, as Owen Hart. I'm just, Saying like I think you can people can get carried away with with that and you know especially now where everybody has an opinion on social media and 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 it's just like no <laughs> no you know he does not deserve any more he pretty much so had you, a career he was gonna have yeah you're saying not everyone deserves it <laughs> yes no no I don't and that chance can just get to step in also um. Great, great conversation, though, guys. Thank you. The good topics, good super chats. We appreciate it. The support of the show. This is the SEC's Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're here every single Thursday night talking just like this, talking with you, shooting the breeze, taking topics, or not Tuesday taking night. topics. Either one. Go ahead. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. What did I say? Thursday. Thursday night. Tuesday For night. For the podcast. For the podcast. Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Tuesday. 9 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, I messed everything up for everybody. They're going to be looking for this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Um, so some news. Let's get to some news of the, of the week. We had yeah. uh, Nick Aldis is in, in WWE. And not only is he in WWE, but he uh, is the GM. <laughs> the GMs are back. Uh, Nick Aldis, the GM of SmackDown per Triple H. And Adam Pierce, the GM of Monday Night Raw. Per Triple H, um, an interesting move I thought, and one that I'm really curious to see play out in a non-Vince McMahon-led mm-hmm. WWE because we've seen this GM thing for years and years and years and years, and it got so stale. It hasn't been around for a long time, um, so I'm willing to give this a shot, but only because it's not Vince McMahon. Like I want to see what they do here. I think that they had it down with like Adam Pierce as like the middle management guy. Um, it seems like now they're going to take on more of a role of like true talent on the show, um, especially because of all this's presence. So I'm curious as to how they do it, but I'm skeptical just because of how overdone it's been and how, you know, and how, you know, easy the television product for WWE TV has been to watch. You know, mm-hmm. this is a pretty sizable shakeup, I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm against GMs as well. I think you are in, in what you said there. As I shake my computer here, Zach wants to that, just but, jump in and say nobody yeah. asked for Jeff. <laughs> yeah, sure as I love it. But Thank you, I would Zach. say my my initial take here is that Hilarious. everyone's got their their bad booking habits, and just think to the authority, right? I think Triple H is a fan of that style of storytelling where you have authority figures who can wrestle, right? And maybe one in Aldis 
and one that cannot in Pierce. I mean, I guess Pierce. He yeah. has wrestled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's not medically clear or whatever, but that doesn't seem to matter nowadays, right? So go to wherever everyone's going to get their next fuse together to wrestle and uh, take spots uh, like we're seeing on AEW. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, whatever. I'd rather, I'm, I'm curious, I like all this a lot. It's funny how much, well, you know, the NWA, where it was and where, you know, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, but, and like all this being like, you know, when he, we thought he was available, being one of the hottest free agents, we thought he could come to AEW, be a big star, and kind of what that NWA rub did to him the last 18 months of his time there. Um, so we'll see. I think he's a good worker. Obviously, him and Cody having another match would be interesting. I think that's a setup, you know, a good setup and could give Cody something to do if you set that up correctly. But, um, you know, we'll see. I like him more as a wrestling personality than um, a GM. He feels very much like a, if I'm a WWE fan who doesn't know anything about all this, I, I think he's kind of like a bad news Barrett knockoff sort of character. Right. So I'm worried that he'll get a presentation like that where he's the evil British guy. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, that's, that's certainly the negative. I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just you just don't know how it's gonna go. Like, how much are they gonna lean into this? I'd like to see him do it differently. You know, I just I, I think the evil authority figure is just so overdone and overplayed, yeah. and and I, I wouldn't buy either of these guys in that role either. You know, like even Nick Aldis, who can be a good bad guy, it's like ah, I, just, I don't know that I buy him as this like evil GM. So I hope that they try to reinvent this idea. I'm willing to see it play out. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of like authority stuff anymore, but I used to be. Like I used to thought I used to think that it played well when it was managed correctly, and it just got out of hand so so for so long. And so if they can reinvent this, and you know these guys feel like they're running the show for real, um, I you know I'm willing to give it a shot, but I'm very very skeptical. And then it's then. Like, what is your take on Nick Aldis? Like, he's 36 years old. You know, I mean, he's got, a, I mean, 36 years old in WWE is pretty young. Like, yeah, you know, AJ Styles had a run and he was in his 40s, you know. And mm -hmm. I just, I wonder, like, is he, do you know if he's hurt or anything like that? Is there, like, something physical going on? Because I don't know why WWE just wouldn't want to tap into him as a as a wrestler. And, and maybe he will wrestle with this, within yeah. this. I'm sure he will. But it seems to me that like, you know, they've left some, some opportunity on the table here because he is only 36. Yeah. My guess would be, I don't think there's anything medical about him. If anyone in the chat knows, please let us know. But, you know, I think he's good to go. It's maybe like the same thing we're talking about with Jade, right? Like maybe they don't want all to start in yeah, NXT good. and you can't premiere him. Like he's not at eight where AJ was, right? AJ was right. Like, how many time impact world champion. Like you, like, even if you didn't know who AJ was, like, you had a friend who was hyped AF when that Royal Rumble thing happened. And then you were excited because that friend was excited. And, um, you know, I think it's that sort of thing. And you can introduce him in this way. It just feels like a way to get him to wrestle. But it, we'll see. Maybe maybe he can. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, he's, like, probably the youngest guy on the roster. I mean, if you look besides Austin <laughs> yeah. Theory, like, for real, for real. Like, yeah, is there anyone yeah. that he's, like, not uh, – I mean, it's not many. I mean, like when you think about like like Seth is like you'd say he's in his prime. Seth's I think he's 30, thirty-eight, he's thirty-seven. I think he's thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, and almost everyone else is forty, at least on Monday. I don't know how old Jay and Jimmy are. Yeah, I mean, Cody's thirty-nine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Finn, Bianca Belair is Creed. like thirty-five. Yeah. Like, so I mean, yeah, I I think you you're spot on with that actually, like. You know, we don't want to put him in NXT. He probably doesn't want to go to NXT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good call out to just like, hey, we. this is not so much, hey, this is our authority figure. He is. But it's also like, this is your introduction to Nick Aldis. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's key. The other like thing if, I think would – go ahead. I was saying like, if let's say Samoa Joe never came to WWE and now Triple H is in control. That's probably how they would introduce him if like, yeah. you know – Joe is his age now, be an authority figure, and then you know not be balls of fire versus Brock Lesnar sort of thing. Yes, yes. Well, and I also think too, like 
you know, Nick Aldis, I I liked him in the NWA, like in that pre-pandemic run. Mm-hmm. That show yeah. back then, man, was that was like a fun awesome. show. That was, was like awesome. a fun one-hour show, and then it just got mm-hmm. so bad after. But all this, I I wonder if all of this can survive and like be a star star mm-hmm. without being like the forefront like star of the company like i don't know that all this can do the nick all this shtick like in wwe when he's clearly not anywhere near the, being the top star it's like big fish small pond kind of thing it works in the nwa yeah. works in impact wrestling and maybe it can here i don't know but it's just i don't know that it has the same aura because he's not going to be positioned as the guy Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And this is like that special thing he has that no one else has. So I think it's a, it could be a sneaky good way to get him, Yeah, you know, that it's not a title, but something no one else has. And he's got the power. And as a heel, it can work for him to be whatever. So it seems pretty smart to me if you want to get all this over me. Like, you know, we both know Triple H's style of wrestling, what he likes. Like Nick, he he loves Nick Aldis. You know that. So he's going to give him every chance to make it yeah. if, I, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like it, it, these are back; they're back. Um, Adam Pierce looks sleek in his in his red suit getup yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see what all this does. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued, but again, from from a distance, because it can get old real quick. But we'll yeah. we'll track it here. Let's finish up um, with a super chat from Sean here. And, uh, it's timely because of the match that they had yesterday, but Sean says here, I think Gunther in some ways is the biggest star in wrestling right now. WWE is doing a great job with him where MJF overall hasn't made the title feel very important. And Roman hasn't been around. Um, Sean, I love this point. I, and Gunther, I mean, to me, to me, he's become a lot like Roman Reigns. In, not in terms of like star power ability, but in terms of like not missing what he does on TV. Like when Roman's on, like I'm watching, like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. watching, you know, and not just because it's our my job, but because, you know, it's in, interesting. And Gunther is like in that territory too. Like when he has matches, when he has promos, like I'm, I'm watching that. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's really done a hell of a job, um, you know, Working within like the confines, like I, I think he's just his like I could rant on this forever, and heck, maybe I will because this is our podcast after all. I like it's fascinating to watch a guy like that, like not only become a good wrestler and like wrestle well and have good matches, but also like play the WWE game like the way it's supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can play it that way. Not everybody can go in there with the attitude of like, well, I'm just going to make this work. And yes, they changed my name from Walter to Gunther. Everyone's going to freak out, but really I'm just going to be Gunther and it's going to be fine. And I'm going to politically play that fine. And I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, I find it fascinating to watch who can and who can't like navigate those waters. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, both experts at playing, playing that game, you know, and just doing what you have to do. Fine, I'll have a marquee match at WrestleMania against Johnny Knoxville. And then after that, because because and the thought process is isn't oh this sucks, I have to do this. The thought process is I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be the best match on the card, and yep. that's gonna launch me to new heights. And what happened the year after that? Well, he's in the main event of WrestleMania night one, winning the tag mm-hmm. titles with his best friend. Like it's it's fascinating to, to see somebody do that, and he is doing it live in front of our eyes each and every single week. So I think he is such a hot commodity for them. Yep. Um, I think, he, you know, is he the biggest star in wrestling right now? I mean, yeah, depending on how you slice it, you know, I don't know that you could say that, Sean, because you've got, you know, you've got Roman there, you've got Brock, you've got Cody, you've got, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But i kidding. But regardless of where you classify him from star power range, like he is really made himself into a top tier guy who I think is going to get top tier opportunities. Um, And he's going to be a guy we're going to be talking about for the next five years, you know, in in WWE. And if you saw Gunther wrestle in 2017 on the Indies, I don't know that you'd, you'd be saying that to yourself. He was a great wrestler, but it, 
I just don't know that that you thought that that would line up. I like. Yeah, I mean, it, he had a great he had a great chop back then. I think he's a well much more well defined wrestler and tells stories now as opposed to being like. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be like so, he had some good matches. I mean. Just, yeah, 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 but much improved. Just like most people that go from Indies to yes. more structure like WWE. But I would say agree with everything you're saying. Quick add on to that is like if we're doing a wrestling SAT type test, I think Gunther is to people like us, wrestling fans like us, as LA Knight is to the casual WWE audience that wants to yell yeah after every punch, right? They are two different types of stars that you need at the same time to have a hot product. And then you have a generational talent like Roman. You have a legend who's going to be a legend for a long time in Seth. It's just like a cohesive picture right now. And you need all those layers. I think that's the unta- the intangible reason why WWE feels like it's really firing in all cylinders because you have all these sort of players um, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, and he, and he, he's also just different. I mean, he looks different. He acts different. His presence is different. I think that, 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 uh, that, that stands out um, in a big way. Uh, all right. Some rapid fire uh, uh, super chats here from Zach. Uh, yep. Gunther is the most non WWE guy in WWE. That's what makes him stand out. So yeah, I would agree with this to an extent. Yes. He is a non-WWE guy in a lot of ways. Look, demeanor. But he also is so WWE. I mean, like, like, yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, he's like formulaic that way. I mean, he he's has matches that are that are the WWE style. He tells stories the WWE way. So I so yes, I can see your point here, Zach, but also I think he's also like a perfect WWE prototype in a lot of ways. And that's a <laughs> That's a, a hat tip to him on that, figuring out mm-hmm. how to merge those two things, his style with what WWE wants. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, I would say another correlation there of like where it worked is, is Gunther here from indie star to WWE star, the transition, where it has not worked or did not work, definitely did not work, is like Matt Riddle, right? Matt Riddle. He was over it for a time. I'd say even Ricochet is a better example because he's still employed. Like to be like where Ricochet was when he came in, and for just really not to click, maybe a little bit now, but uh, yeah. So. And then, last but not least, here, guys, we'll wrap up the podcast on this. And thank you to everybody who joined in. Zach, same thoughts on Tony Schiavone replacing Kevin Kelly as lead play by play on Collision. Yeah, this is what'd you think, Tyler? Well, I found out that I like Kevin Kelly. Uh, at like three in the morning when I have like two hours of sleep because I'm not as judgmental. Um, so Tony's not the greatest play-by-play guy, but you know, I think it's kind of with, with two other guys he can throw to the action, the, the flight control and him not being as much of a character, I think can, can work. We'll see how it goes, but Kelly was not working, uh, as that lead guy. I love Rick as well too. But Ricky Bonnie's at like a 72 and he needs to be at like an 11 on energy. So <laughs> that's someone who loves, loves Ian. So, you know, I think, I think, and, and, you know, all the stuff in Excalibur, we all know the pros yeah. and cons of that. So. I don't like eating my words, but I have to, in this instance, like I thought Kevin Kelly, I was the one kind of like advocating for him. Like, no, no, it's going to mm-hmm. get better. Like once he get once he starts, understanding the product like and once he kind of comes ingrained it's gonna get better it's just it just didn't like he just it just yeah. didn't work he didn't know anything um he seemed like lost and yeah i still think and maybe it is because i only listened to kevin kelly at three in the morning <laughs> and my brain after and out i don't know but like i always thought that he was so excellent at mm-hmm. well there, well there's two things here one of them is he was a, a great storyteller. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a better storyteller than he is a like call the moves guy, right? Yeah. And AEW needs that, but it's like the chicken or the egg. Like if they don't have any stories to tell, yeah, Kevin Kelly is going to sink like a rock at the bottom of the ocean. Like, so I'm not. That's not a. I'm not blaming anybody there, but I'm saying like it just may not be a fit for what Kevin Kelly does well on commentary and what AEW needs and wants their, their product to be. I just think it was like oil and vinegar in, in a lot yeah. of ways. 
Uh, yeah, I would say a lot of Gatos for the New Japan Booker is probably. I bet Kevin Kelly has like an outline with like you know one and then A B C two A B C like and AEW certainly doesn't have that. Right. So I think you know if he's in NXT uh, next to Vic Joseph, I think that would be awesome. But yeah, you know because that's structured in a in a better way than AEW is. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think he, you know, yeah, he just, sometimes you just aren't a good fit and you don't know that until you do it. And I, yeah. you know, I thought he was going to be good. I thought he would be somebody that they could, that they could use, but he's been yep. awful. Um, so yeah, there's a, that's that. All right, guys, we're going to put a bow on it right there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the great contributions. We had a different show lined up and uh, Tyler and I kind of, called it on called it in the ring here uh because we just got such great uh you know conversation starters and 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 on newsworthy topics too and so we certainly appreciate it Uh, we'll be back next week same time same place nine eastern eight central on tuesday nights right here on sc scoops uh, on youtube um there's lots of news happening in wrestling right now folks and we got you covered at scscoops.com there is uh some really interesting editorials and features up there right now there's also um, all your news, your news fix. That's where you need to go, scscoops.com. Um, and uh, you'll be happy that you did. Make it a part of your day. If you want a little bit more of what myself and Tyler have to offer, find us at Brass Ring Media. You can subscribe for free on YouTube. You can subscribe to our Substack newsletter for free. But really, to get the full impact of Brass Ring Media, you got to join us on Patreon. Become a member. It's $4 a month. You get all the exclusive content that you can want throughout the week from Tyler, from myself, and access to like a really fun Discord community that have conversations just like the one that we just did. So uh, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Tyler, man, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys later. Have a good week.